Hello, everyone. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Between the Lines. I'm your host, IBK. We have an exciting episode today. We're going to be talking about the greatness of Rafael Nadal. We're going to be talking about all the shocking transfer news. Brady has claimed to retire. Is he really retiring? Let's go. We're going to find out. We're going to discuss that as well. Um, what's up, AY? What's up, Uluashegun? What's up, Olisa? Yeah, we're good, man. We're good. We oh, okay. okay, so... All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, brilliant. So, Lashem, can you just between you and Olisa, can we can we quickly run through the transfers and we'll touch on one or two things? The transfers in Europe, okay, I can go through a couple. So, we yeah. have uh, just since we last, um, since we last convened, uh, look at look at Dinia to Liverpool, to Liverpool, to Aston Villa 25 million, Chris Wood to Newcastle 25 million, David Naris to Shakhtar. Um, Martial on loan to Sevilla. Um, Callum, Callum Chambers to Aston Villa. Pablo Mari to Nazi. I only mentioned those two to say that Arsenal now have three centre backs, and uh, Saliba is out on loan. So I don't know. I don't know what the planning is with that. Uh, Dusan Vlahovic, uh, alleged Arsenal target, sixty-three million Florentina to Juventus. Adama Traore to Barca somehow. Uh, Luis Diaz to Liverpool and Bruno. To Newcastle, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I made a list as well. Uh, so yeah, I mean, dude, that those were like the big ones, man. Flavovich and and uh, and Gumarish. just bro, bro, they weren't alleged targets, man. They were they were actual, actual, huh? there was interest in there, bro. Just right in case they won't stay, they, won't, they didn't go in, they won't go in that way. just in case. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, no, Oba, Oba as well. Oba has gone to well, he's on the way to um. So on the way to Barcelona on loan uh, for United, Amad Diallo went to Rangers. Uh, but yeah, Marshall as well went to, on loan to Sevilla. Um, uh, Tottenham signed uh, Kulusevski and, and Bentaku. Oh, yeah. I didn't uh, mention that one because I don't know if it's gone through yet. That's why. Yeah, I mean, Tottenham is a big club, man. Top six and that's... <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, th- this, this one that I just saw today, you know, this, this boy, uh, Ihatar. That was uh was at PSV before. That's you know he kind of fell off the radar a little bit. He was now at Juventus, and then they just loaned him to to Ajax. So that's uh, that's an interesting deal. And I guess mm-hmm. a feel good one is uh, Ericsson has a six month contract to uh, to Brentford. Ah, so yeah. he's back in the game. Yeah. Yep. Um. Um. Ay. With all these transfers that have come out, you know that have been mentioned, and I'm sure as we are talking, we'll probably be pick one or two which of the um which of the clubs do you think have really really stepped up their game made themselves much better for the remaining six months hello yeah uh you're talking about for the transfers right yeah, which of them, which of the teams, you know, Aston Villa signed a lot of players, a handful of players. Juve signed the ultimate player right now, you know. Uh, uh, so which of I them do you I, think? I think, I think most. I think Juventus really had, they, they had to do something because they, they must finish in the top four. And 
you know, a, a couple of months ago, that was almost impossible because they were, say, 10, 11 points behind um, Atalanta. But now they, they got closer. So uh, signing Vlaovic was really important. Um, another team that I would say they, they needed to have a, a very, you know, positive transfer window is, is Newcastle. Because we know right now they're like the richest club, you know, in Europe right now. And we the richest owners, let me say richest club. And they're also in the relegation battle. So it, it was very important for them to get the right players in yeah, so that they can avoid relegation. So you see Bruno Gimares, really important. Uh, uh, they just, they're about to sign a bond from, from Brighton. You should be having... Brighton, yeah. Yeah, she'll be having his medical either tonight or tomorrow morning. As speak. Yeah, uh, the Trupia, they had to bring in Trupia. And um, mm. and and Wood, Chris Wood from uh from from relegation rivals. So they they also <laughs> needed to yeah. They signed they it for also, 30 million though. Hey, yeah, that's 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 it's not a money shot. That's what it's So Newcastle needed this transfer window to go perfect, you know, because of you know all the money coming in. I mean, it would be so embarrassing if they if they, if you know they get relegated, and also Juventus also needed to get you know Valvichin and you know get rid of a couple of high earners to balance the books and pursue top four. So I, I I'll say those two for now. You know, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't okay. know. Uh, perhaps, uh, you know, Liverpool brought in Diaz overnight. Uh, we don't know we're still going to move. I mean, we still have, you know, give or take 24 hours, so something could still happen. But for now, I'll see Juventus and Newcastle. What about Aston Villa? I think they have done great business. Oh, uh, yeah. They've done yeah, ridiculous uh, business, man. Uh, I think they... And um, I think the Gerard Poole. And I think the Gerard Poole too helped. Yeah, yeah, sure. I sure. think Gerard I mean, was able to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Continue yeah. will not be in, in Aston Villa right Smith now. Without, 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 guys, yeah. yeah, without Steven Gerard, I don't think Coutinho will be in will be in Arsenal. That uh, will be in uh, Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, Aston Villa. Sorry, and without uh, uh, Dean, they were able to get Dean because Dean had issues with Benitez at Everton. Unfortunately, uh, Benitez left the next week. So, I mean, assuming the, the sacking happened maybe a week. Or two prior, it's very possible Dean Dean would be a Villa player right now, uh, because Villa Villa already have targets playing left back, and targets is not so bad. So you you wonder if they really needed Dean, you know. So uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get. He was also Villa was also, also spent you know a lot of money, and they, they were also in the running for Bentancur till um, you know till Spurs, you know. Go, go interested, and you know, uh, 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 Paratici, the director of football at Spurs, has been trying to get players in all, all so he had to go back to the, the players he signed for Juventus. Now he's resigning them for Spurs, uh, Bentanko, and um, uh, what's the other one? The Kolesevsky, the winger, so, the could, yeah, yeah, Kolesevsky. Yeah, so okay. <laughs> Arsenal fans, you guys 
claimed a couple of weeks ago that you guys didn't have enough players. Now you people are sharing your players to all of Europe, you know. The lot I should give you. I'm dashing you. Take this one, take this one, take this one, take this one. Now I'm hearing Nketia is probably on his way, you know. So at the end of the day, you guys, you and your mascots are going to be playing the rest of the season. One Arteta hours. Oh my god, man. This guy is <laughs> garbage, bro. Oh my lord, bro. Nah, he makes me sick, man. He makes me sick. This 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 guy, yo, we have we have we have we're about to sell uh in well loan in Ket- No, I don't know if it's a loan or a, a, a straight transfer in Ketia to, to Juventus. Uh, what am I saying? To Newcastle. We're going to be left with with uh <laughs> with Lacazette and Mika Beareth <laughs> from the under-23s or something. Like this is insane, bro. We have nobody in 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 thingy. We're on the on the cusp of getting top four. And instead of them to reinforce the team and really, you know, uh consolidate their position, they are making the squad thinner. They are ostracizing players that could get you closer to it in the likes of uh obviously Aubameyang as the prime example. Uh well, obviously, I mean, before Pepe went to the African Cup of Nations, he wasn't even seeing uh games. So it's like, yo. What are you doing, man? They, they allowed Bruno Guimaraes go to Newcastle for 45 million. This is <laughs> this is sad. This is to me, man. This is yo, we're going to finish like seventh, and then top top gunners are going to be like, oh, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is what we expected from Ateta all, all along, man. This this guy has brought the club into disarray, man. He's he's the worst thing that's happened to my club, man, since 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 Didier Drogba, man, for real. Would Arsenal finishing fifth or sixth be considered, you know, a bad season? Really, considering they finished what eighth last year. I don't think we're finishing. I don't. I don't know that. Oh, go go on, go on, bro. Because at least least one one more minute. One one more minute. Let's move on. Oh, okay, right. talk. No, talk. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I don't, I don't think we're finishing fifth or sixth. I think we're finishing seventh or something. Because that's about where we are now. I, the whole thing about, I mentioned us having, having three centre-backs right now. I don't know where the players are meant to come from in our squad that are meant to take us to, then take us to these new heights. People bought all the dreams about, you know, Vlaovich, all the transfer targets that we were linked with. We don't have anybody. And even, even the people that we do have, if they say this, there's this seeming issue that keeps on rolling out with players where every once in a while there's this piece in the athletic about how this player is such a disaster, about how they disrespect the club, this is that. All of a sudden, they're being loaned out. And it keeps on happening to players that happen to be useful to us. So now we don't have about three, three midfielders because we've loaned all of them out. We've loaned out Ferrara, we've loaned out Wendouzi, we've loaned out who else? Midland Nows. Midland Nows. All players that could be useful to us, but no, we have to go into games starting like centre backs in midfield because Jack and Jack and Pat decide to get red cards. So I don't know where the club goes. I don't really know what this is. My only thing and the Calon Chambers you have sold. Cal- and that's I mean, in Calon Chambers you sold. Well, you well <laughs> to, to, to answer, to answer to, um, to, yeah, to answer AY's question, I think it should be it should be it should be a failure. Because we have been, I, I mean, at the end of, of December, you're in the top four. And more, more often than not, I mean, it's not, all the, uh, it doesn't happen all the time, but like where you, the, the, the December table, the December league is a, is a real like indicator of how well, well, how you can finish the rest of the season. I mean, expectations at the beginning of the season obviously wasn't top four, but then 
that's because be, the season before had been such a big failure and had been such a disappointment from from uh from yeah from Atessa's uh, uh remit. Well, finish we finished eighth back to back. We shouldn't have been in that situation. So I don't know, man. To to be honest, like to, to not finish top four from a situation whereby we have been in the top four and for so long, especially after losing to teams like like Everton and and uh, drawing to to teams like Burnley. For me, it's a it's a disappointment, and it just should end in the end in the sack. It should end in the sack, anyways, because I hate that guy. But I mean, yeah, it should end in sack if you don't finish top. <laughs> okay, now let's 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 move on to other guys. Let's talk about the Af- Afcon. We haven't we've not been together for the last couple of weeks, so our beloved Nigeria decided to jack back to go out of the competition because our coach was. Wonderfully one-sided, very mono. <laughs> I don't even know what to use monotonic with his approach. Just one way, one method, and you know he couldn't dice it up. And now the tournament is. I think football is being played at a better play pace. Technically, it's getting better. Tactically, not really. I'm not seeing anything fancy in terms of infer- inverted wing backs and stuff. And I think some of the top players are beginning to, you know rise to the occasion a guy that has been amazing to me in this tournament has been um hakimi a couple of free kicks already i didn't know he had yeah. free kicks in his game i didn't know i didn't know but man the way he bombs he commands the whole right the whole right side of every field he plays and it's ridiculous to me mm-hmm. I, I of course obviously right now the best player in the tournament is so far has been vansan's abubakar but man, Hakimi has been ridiculously special. Anyway. Oh well, I mean, um, like I'm not gonna blame Egovon for for exits. Like I said, you don't you don't change your coach a week before a tournament because I mean it's just it's not a smart move. It wasn't a smart move by the NFF. That that the the fact that Egovon didn't have you know games to try different systems different styles meant he had to be a bit dogmatic in his approach to, to games and it worked against Egypt Egypt happened to be the toughest team in our group so by the time we played Sudan Guinea-Bissau it could it could just try any system and it was going to work because of the quality of the players on, on the pitch when he got to, to to the second round and it was Tunisia and 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 they were able to nullify uh, Sir Moses Simon he could not switch because there was no, there was no, I mean, there was no time to have different tactical systems. Mm. And I think you mentioned that here, here on the podcast, that the, the, the lack of time for, for Igrevon was going to become an issue against better coach teams. We, we, I mean, we were better than Tunisia on paper. It's, it wasn't like, you know, they, they had you know, a quality of players. There was more of the manager knew what to do to counter us while we didn't have plan B. So I won't blame Igrevon for that for that loss. I won't. I mean many Nigerians have been doing that. Oh, it's, it's dogmatic. He didn't have another system. What do you expect from someone that coached the team for just a month, a, a week before the tournament? What were you expecting? You can't keep doing things the old way and expecting different results, you know. So I mean I'm not gonna blame him. It's all on the NFF. Seriously. Is is he? What's what's the situation with the new coach, the Portuguese guy? It's still yes. the same. Um, 
He's going okay. to resume, and Igwebon is yeah, he's resuming. Yeah, Igwebon is going to be the technical director, I think. So that, that, he's, that's no, he's it wasn't. He, he's not. Igwebon was not going to be. He was already the technical director. He stepped okay. down after the tournament. He's the one that stepped down. He didn't wait for them to say, "No, I'm doing this." No, he actually stepped down after a day or two after the the loss. He stepped down. So we're expecting just you know Jose Perriro so into the team very soon, you know, and then he already has we already have a you know a core team. He can just tweak it. Obi is not going to be available for that second leg because of um because of the red card he he got oh, of the two legs. Excuse me, the Ghana the Ghana match. Mm. You know yeah, the World Cup qualifier. Yeah, he's not going to be around. Yeah, Ghana looks like Ghana so, want to hire our ex our ex coach. Raw, so yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah. no, no, Ghana is hiring a uh, Chris Hutton. Huh? I, I saw that one, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, because there was a rumor going around that they were gonna hire the guy, so. and apparently he's been yeah. talking with uh Hudson Odoi's people to get him to, to join the Ghana, Ghana, Ghana troops, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. Year, the year of the return for real, for real, for, for those guardians, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Olisa, one more word on um, African Cup of Nations. Uh, do we have any word for Algeria, uh, tournament favorites? Who went out okay, no, you can touch on it. You can touch on it. I mean, uh, I mean Daniel, he came into the tournament 35, 35 match on PN Street. They leave scoring one goal and they, they lost 3-1. They lost it's 3-1 particularly to to the Ivory Coast, and again, they needed to win, and really never, really never showed up. You know, it's uh, a big, really the biggest drop, really the biggest of the entire tournament for me. The game against Equatorial like, Guinea as well, where they they lost one nil. They played, eh, they didn't play badly for the for, for the entire game, but defense, but just they could never really get it going, and they, and they go the line by you know, Obiang Esteban destroys destroys their destroys their campaign. I don't know. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> All right. Um let's let's um let's move to let's quickly move to what we saw today in the world of tennis. Rafael Nadal is insane. He's insane. I won't call him the goat, but he's ridiculously insane. This is someone who started, you know, by playing football before he started playing tennis by Tony Nadal, his uncle. His body has betrayed him mastlessly. If you read his, I've watched his training methods. I've watched how he trains him and Djokovic are just, you know, they, they're out of this world in their training methods. His body has failed him so many times. He wasn't even supposed to be in this tournament. It was just a last minute thing. He just, okay, I will come, you know, I'll play and everything. And then, he, of course, we, we saw what happened with the whole Djokovic thing. I don't think if Djokovic was here, he would have won, to be very honest. I'm a big Nadal fan, but I think Djokovic is better than him now. So I'm 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 impressed. 21 Grand Slam. Olisa, I'm sure you're super impressed. I saw it on your status. <laughs> you put several pictures of it. Me? I, I said Olisa, sorry, AY. Oh yeah. AY. Yeah. Oh yeah, AY. yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Rafa Nadal. I think in tennis is my is my favorite player. And I get where you're coming from about um, Djokovic probably winning if he had uh, participated. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, Nadal is the first 21. And who knows, he might get to 22, you know, because uh, Roland Garros is, is next. 
So he might even get and that's to the... Yeah, that's yeah, his... yeah, yeah. That's his baby. <laughs> so we might be talking about 22 before Djokovic even gets a chance to to eat 21. Uh, I think it's safe to say uh, Federer is not going to win another grass slam, or maybe just one more. If, if just if you know he has a you know you know a lucky draw and one or two players fall fall by the wayside. But what matters right now is that Nadal is twenty one, is uh, ahead of you know Djokovic and and Federer. He's is uh, a strong athlete. Is someone you you know? I mean, you can see it in him. The, the way he plays. Today he came from two sets down to win, you know, three to two after five hours and twenty-nine minutes. I mean, at, at the age of thirty-five, I mean, he's ten years older than you know, Medvedev. So I mean, he's, he's superhuman. You can't take that from him. So uh, I mean, it's not his fault that you know Djokovic messed up his uh, vaccine story and everything and got kicked out. I mean, it's not the doubt's fault. So. I don't think it was a mess up. I don't think it was a mess up. <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't think it was a mess up. Yeah, but I mean, I mean we're not going to blame Nadal for that. It's just... It's no, just, no, it's not. No, no, no. Yeah, he no. just came here, did his job, you know, <laughs> got it talking. His second, his second Aussie Open. I think his, his own um, uh, Grand Slam uh, uh, trophy cabinet is a bit skewed because he's got more of the French Open than, than the other Grand Slams. But I mean... Uh, quality player, we can't take that from him. Super battle. Also, uh, I think it's worth noting that um, Djokovic likely, as a, as a stands right now, he likely won't be able to play in uh, play in Roland Garros because of uh, the ruling that the French government recently passed requ- requiring all athletes to be vaccinated to compete in events. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So he might not even play to Wimbledon. Yeah, uh, of course, he'll be favorite. So, you know, I wounded them because that's his baby really lately. Uh, but, you know, that's just it. But, but I mean, Nadal could be on 22 by then. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one, thing that, one thing that surprised me, it's not even really about the match. The match was, you said it, five hours and nine minutes. Even Medvedev, even at the speech, was like, man, seriously, you came back from this, that kind of vibe, you know. Did you see his warming down? Did you guys see his warming down after it? After the match, another 45 minutes of warming down. He was on the bike, warming down. As in the insane athletic abilities these guys have at this level. It's ridiculous. These guys played for five hours, 29 minutes, as you said. And yet he spent almost that amount of time just to warm down. Ridiculous. So let's move to NFL. <laughs> what has been NFL the last couple of weeks? The playoffs have been amazing. Then Brady and Big Ben retiring. Wow. What's going on? What's really happening with the NFL? Allegedly. Yeah, I, I just read, sorry. I just read a report before we started this recording that why um, Tom Brady is not, you know, announcing his retirement. Although when Adam Schefter says something, everybody takes it to the bank. Um, is that um, ESPN's Adam Schefter. Um, yeah. Is that he has yeah. some um, endorsements of about $15, $20 million that prevents him from saying it for the next, whether it's a couple of weeks or something. There's a clause in one of his endorsements. So that's what's holding him from, you know, calling it a, a day. 
Big Ben too, ridiculous talents. They are both about the same size or same height, six five, six six, thereabout, yeah. and both legend. He was there for eighteen seasons, one team, two Super Bowls. That's Big Ben. Two different coaches, unbelievable talents. He was first in this, second in that, passing records all over, rushing records all over. Of course, the goats, seven, <laughs> seven time champion for for Tom Brady. He has more Super Bowls than any franchise in NFL history. That that is insane. That is insane. And then two of them calling it a day. What and then to now think that you know the league is is in such amazing hands, Patrick Mahomes, um, um, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, um, Josh Allen you know, um, Lamar. So yeah. it's ridiculous, man. The quality of this NFL, even the playoffs and everything. Olisa, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to start with uh, Tom Brady. The evil you have done is enough, but. <laughs> He was. It's it's in, it's incredible that he's retired because you know just thinking back to thinking back to last last week Sunday against the Rams, the the performance he put on to bring them back into that game from twenty seven three, was it twenty seven twenty seven three was incredible. Yeah, twenty seven three twenty seven twenty seven. Yeah, yeah. To bring bring them back twenty seven twenty seven, they end up losing the game in the final seconds. But I'm sure, like you know, some of it was luck, the fumbles and everything, so on. But the performance like that to then go on to allegedly retire. I felt like he, he like I felt like he is retiring, but I feel like he wants to do it. He wants to announce that himself as opposed to you know Adam Sheffield tweeting or something. It's it's incredible. It's incredible incredible uh, incredible what's it called incredible career. You know three NFL three NFL MVPs, 15 Pro Bowls, three time all pro incredible athlete. Uh same with Big Ben, six Pro Bowls, two time two times Super Bowl champion. And uh yeah it says a lot it says a lot. There's really big shoes to fill to fill with uh Pittsburgh franchise now. Interesting to see where they go. Also, uh, also, uh, we haven't talked about any of the games actually, any of the games that have gone on from the previous weeks. Okay, so Olisa, just touch touch on right now. Um, as we speak, yeah, I have a uh, band the Chiefs, Chiefs. Are leading Bengals, um, 14, Cincinnati three. Bengals, fourteen three. Yes, as we speak. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm not seeing the game right now, so I don't know whether there's been a touchdown or what's how how it has happened. So um um I watched the um what's the name of Josh Allen's team again? Please remind oh, me. Oh, Buffalo Bills. How's it Man, it was it was I I just started following NFL last year thereabouts or well two years ago, but man, it was one of the best games I've ever watched. It was ridiculous. The level, the quality of quarterback play, the quality of the runs that, um, or how they say the the routes that yeah. those <laughs> those receivers were making. Uh, this guy had four four touchdowns that day. Um, yeah. Trying to remember. Yeah, he had four for for the Bills. He had four touchdowns. <laughs> Tyreek Hill is 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 rude. He was running oh, yeah, past the, the player, the peace sign, giving him the peace sign. <laughs> that that almost backfired because they score and they take the lead in the very next play, like a uh, Buffalo stone the very next play. So that was yeah, yeah. That 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 almost that almost ended badly. It was it was an incredibly quarterback game where, I mean, there's other games that you watch, like you watch um San Francisco where every other play is almost is Jimmy G almost blowing it up for his team, and there's this game where every single possession. Feels like the security that you feel that you feel when they play is incredible. Josh Allen, whether whether it's the pass, whether it's the run, 
running through linebackers incredibly. Then Mahomes, who is incredibly fleet of foot, where there's three, there's three defenders around him. He's he's not even worried. He throws, he throws on the money every single time. It was an incredible performance. The final, the final few minutes were I thought, how many seconds was it? 13 seconds to, to the end. Um, Mahomes managed to get them within field no, goal 14, range. Uh, 13. 14. 13, yeah, 13. 14, yeah, yeah. Managed to get them within, within field goal range. It was an incredible game. I think the stat was it's the uh, it's the highest passer rating for two quarterbacks of any playoff game ever. A hundred and something for both of them. Incredible performance. Yeah. And to think that both of them, like, uh, yeah, there were other games, but to think that both of them played those number of touchdowns, about nine touchdowns, passing touchdowns, and no single picks. It was ridiculous. Yeah, no, no picks in nine touchdowns for two two elite quarterbacks. One thing I've noticed over the last, at the beginning of the season with, with Patrick Mahomes, you know he's very flamboyant in his style and everything. Mm. But I think over the last six, seven, maybe maybe eight weeks, he's become very surgical and, you know, with his mm. approach. So he's giving those, you know, you know, first downs, he's relaxing, he knows when to run, he knows when yeah. to pass. He, you know, he knows what to do part-time now. He's not just trying to do that, you know, the highlight throw and everything and everybody's wild. He's, he's being very calm about the situation, reading the defense, making plays on the fly. Tyreek Hill, in, this, in that possession that he gave the peace sign, he said it was something they had practiced. That's just Mahomes and him had practiced all through the season. It wasn't something mm. the coaches, you know, coined up. It wasn't something Eric Benemy put together. It was those boys that put, the, put themselves, you know, and they did yeah. a very good job. They did an, a ridiculous job, man. The class showed eventually, but it was just, it was just, it was just, it was just. It's going to be only job. <laughs> well, everything has been said, really. Um, but um, I think um, Big Ben, I think retirement has been coming. I mean, it's, you know, it's been a couple years ago. the Steelers have not been you know, that, that good lately. And he's also, I think he's lost he's lost the touch. Uh, for Brady, like like Ulisa rightly said, he probably wants to be, he wants to retire on his terms, on his, on his own terms. And, um, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a sad day the day, the day Brady announces that because you know he's done a lot for the for for the sport. I think many people probably gravitated towards American football because of Brady's story. You know, I'm talking of um, recent um, converts, so that's gonna be a big one too. And talking about the Chiefs, uh, I think. Uh, Mahomes and, and Tyreek Hill, they, they combined for the first touchdown in the game. So that's still, you know, that's long. It's still ongoing, though, but I, I think the Chiefs are going to win easily. So, you know, yeah, so that's it. All right. So um, um, thank you very much. We've come to the end of this podcast. This is Between the Lines. Make sure we check it out on all podcast platforms. Ay, Lisa, Lashegun. I'm your host, IBK. Thank you very much, and good night. Yeah, good night. Take care.